It's the Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine podcast, and I'm Janet Blair. Each week, I sit down with one of my girlfriends, whether it be Amber, Teresa, Natalie, Carrie, Ashley, Tara, Stephanie. We talk about whatever. We completely restore this trailer, you know, fry people's faces off as a bad Mexican. I don't understand the competition that goes on between women. Two girls and a bottle of wine. Over a glass of wine, bottle of wine, or sometimes a couple bottles of wine. Join in on Facebook at facebook.com slash two girls and a bottle of wine. Don't miss us. <laughs> You'll see how I swim and don't actually go anywhere. <laughs> Work really, really, really hard. Just to stay above and the water. Like, and it's like, Carrie, you've moved this much. <laughs> really? I feel like I've been swimming so hard. I don't understand how people move. I, I... Did you take swimming lessons? No. Oh. Yep. All right, you ready to get this thing started? Mm-hmm. Hello, I'm Janet. And I'm Carrie. And we, we are, are two girls and a bottle of wine. Because men like boobs. And girls like wine. Just like a bicycle. You you did it. I know. It's it's what? Not even the whole paragraph. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it has been a very long time. We just looked it up, and today is November 19th. And so you were here about five months ago, June. Yeah. Yes, I do the math right. Yes, June 13th, 12th, something like that. Mm-hmm. You have been juggling full-time job, momming, momming, is that a word? Momming. momming um, and then also, how many credit hours are you taking? How many, like, Well, I have one more class to take. I'm not taking it until January. Okay. I say many, one more class. How I have many classes that have you been too. taking? Um, only one at a time, but They're massive. it's it's a whole semester's worth over seven weeks. So mm. you know, and it was it was an incredible amount of work, and then working on my thesis at the same time, and my kids with all their music stuff. So yeah, I've just been so busy. <laughs> Life gets that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as I had said, I haven't been super regular with the podcast. Um, because, you know, life does get busy. There's days where I'm like, uh, can we just not do this today? Mm-hmm. Because I am not feeling very podcasty and I've got I've got stuff to do. Many times it's sleeping. <laughs> but I got a nap to take. <laughs> well you're Some one of the binge watching to do. You're one of the few podcast partners that I have that um we do weekends, which mm-hmm. makes it a, a little bit easier. Unless something crazy or I forget to put it on the calendar, we're good. Right, right. Um, but a lot of my other podcast buddies, and it's fine, it's it's during the week. And mm-hmm. that's great if I can get off work at you know, 4 5 o'clock, which I get there at 7, 7.30. You would think, nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go in with the greatest intentions. You're an early-to-work person as well. Sometimes. Like you... You were getting there at like six or six thirty in the morning. Um, now it's anywhere between seven and eight thirty. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Mm-hmm. What what made the change? I'm tired. I don't know. No, I like to work, I like to work out before I go to work. Gotcha. I used to do that, and I, I mm-hmm. let that slip. Um, trying to get back into the after work workout, but then. It, mm-hmm. That affects podcasting. See, and that's a challenge for me because if if it's after work, let's say I get off at 2.30 or 3, that's one thing. Yes, absolutely, yes. I can go work out then. If I get off at 4.30 or 5, oh, hell no, I'm not going to go work out. So that's how that's the mentality I had because I, I started a new job. They have a gym facility, but they're a little bit further from mm-hmm. my house. So um, I just haven't been able to get back into the getting up at 
four or five o'clock in the morning and going straight to the work gym and getting ready there after mm-hmm. that, I just don't. I have my routine, so I've made it. I keep gym clothes. Like, if you look, I have my gym clothes on now because that's I'm after the podcast. <laughs> I'm headed to the gym. Um, I do the same thing at work. I have my my gym clothes under my desk, and I'll be like, okay, I don't have anything after work. As soon as I get out of here, I'm going right to the bathroom, changing, and going to my car. Because if I'm in my gym clothes when I leave the office, yep. it's a mental thing. I'm like, yeah. I've done this. Might as well just go get at least, you know, my my thought is at least 30 minutes on the elliptical. At least 30, car, 30 yeah, minutes when cardio. I did When I did uh, earlier hours, that's what I, I did the exact same thing. I changed while I was at work. Yeah. Plus, I don't like locker rooms. My gym doesn't even really have a locker room they have a changing room uh-huh. it's, it's a cheaper gym which is fine i pay five dollars a month most people pay like 19 dollars a month at this gym uh-huh. um it doesn't have showers it doesn't have like that um i think that's just the as work well. gym I think does last time i was here i think we talked about the disgusting things that women do in the locker room yeah yeah we don't need to even talk about that <laughs> ick so I don't even know how we got on that topic. <laughs> hours. It was work hours. Yes. I'm following along this time. Following mm-hmm. the Good job. Good mm-hmm. job. Um, so you finished your schooling for this semester. I have been out since mid-October. What? Yeah, I've been out since mid-October. I decided I'm not going to take my last class, and I have one more elective. Okay. I just decided I'm not going to take my last class until January. Mm. And, and, you know, I I don't think it's going to be a big challenge because I bought the textbook already. You know, I bought the textbook like a month ago for that class, and I've already read the textbook. And I've never actually understood studying, you know, like sitting. I've never actually understood that because I'm like, if you read the, that didn't work. It didn't take. You didn't read the book, and that just took. If the professor goes off of the book. I remember mm-hmm. having professors that, yeah, you had your textbook, but then they'd bring all this other outside stuff in mm-hmm. um, that was beyond that. Yeah, see, in that, Because I have... kind of had the same thing, because I had problems juggling my schedule mm-hmm. in college. And sometimes I'd miss class, and I'd be like, well, I read where we're supposed to be mm-hmm. for this class. What what I miss? Um, I'll, I'll still have to read, you know, there's always a long list of research articles. Okay. So I'll still have to read those. But they provide those to you. Right. Okay. And, you know, there's no testing. It's just writing papers. And so um, even without the syllabus yet, I have a good idea. I'm taking um, coaching and training. Oh, fun. Um, yeah, organizational coaching and training. Like an organizational development type? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Which has been most of, I mean, it's all, I've done organizational design and culture and, and um, performance management, talent management. You know, I mean, it's all those, they're all connected. You know, gotcha. all those things are connected. So, um, and this is the part that I like the most. So I don't think I'll, I'll have seven weeks of that'd be cake. I have the thesis, though. I'm on like version 20 of my wow. thesis. I know. And now I'm saving it. Is that like it seriously? It is seriously saved as like version 20 or 21 or whatever. And then I hate my fucking life. You know? Because, <laughs> and I'm right. I'm, I'm, my thesis is about employee engagement, which uh-huh. of course I feel passionate about. I have really great ideas about how to engage employees. Um, 
But I am at a place, and you know, I, I'm I'm applying it to to Children's Hospital of Colorado. You know, they that's what they really want us to do is apply it to our own organization. While we are a workplace of choice, we still have opportunities for improvement, especially in employee engagement. But I am at a place now in this where, you know, when I started it, so, you know, in version one and two, I'm all excited. I'm so excited about this. But now, you know, at version 20 or 21, I'm like, I don't really give a crap if employees are engaged or not. I just don't. <laughs> to get a paycheck, away. they can just shut up and stop the whining, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Being in HR, you just like... I'm like, oh, maybe we should stop recording. Do a reset. Maybe yeah, some you, stress you know how out. it is Here's when you spend toys. so much uh, yes. time. You know, and of course, I care about employee engagement, and that's the direction that I want to go career-wise. But um, you know, just working on it again and again and again and again, it's just like, who cares if they're engaged, <laughs> really? <laughs> do you guys do like drug organizational health surveys and such? <laughs> Oh yeah. How do you get employee opinion survey? Mm-hmm. Did, and we we have annual? identified we have identified nine engagement drivers. Um, we we organization wide we do okay in each of those drivers. Um, you know, of course, the employee opinion survey is a lot longer than nine. It's just that they roll up into these nine different engagement drivers. And we do okay organization-wide. We definitely have some opportunities for improvement. There's some departments that are extremely happy, other departments not so much. Usually the division of nursing is a good gauge on where we're at, and they're not extremely engaged mm -hmm. so so yeah there's always those opportunities to to help improve we are fortunate that we have a whole um talent development department yeah a lot of organizations don't have that uh although that is that that's one of the reasons why i went to school for io psychology is because that's generally where they work mm -hmm. is in in people development, professional development, talent development, whatever the organization calls it. It's all the same. Yes, um, ours falls under its talent acquisition and organizational development are all under one director. Yeah, yeah, and ours is ours is big. Our a whole human resources department. Well, how many is employees very do you huge. have altogether for the the entire organization? About six thousand. Oh, wow. And mm -hmm. you have such a big department. Yeah. Mm. Well, my, and my department alone is 250. Gotcha. And that's not including faculty. And, and so, yeah, and, you know, and we're scattered all over. Mm -hmm. You know, we have our main campus, but then we have South and we have Briargate and North. And we have um, affiliations with our, our joint ventures with, you know, like St. Joe's. and yeah. You know, so we have we have all those, but yeah, we're about six thousand. Very cool. And I would say our human resources develop department, our human resources department. It's a big department. When I first started seventeen years ago, it was twenty five people, mm -hmm. maybe. They're at least as big as my department, maybe bigger. Wow. Yeah, that is cool. Mm -hmm. And they have several directors. They have a, and they have a chief. Mm -hmm. So. Very cool. Yeah. 
I, I geek out on this stuff. I think it's because we're both in human resources. And I'm, so, I'm not, though, currently. Well, mentally. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're schooling yeah. and my job yeah. align very well together. Yeah. And my, <laughs> my, my MBA was HR-focused, too. Yeah. So. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How do we transition from this? Why don't, when we come back, let's talk <laughs> about your, your um, very exciting adventure that you had recently. Okay. All right. So we'll be right back with Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine. We should probably have not stopped recording because we can't. No, we had such a great conversation. conversation. We were talking about um, the fact that I am a little scared to learn another language, and you were like, "It's easy, (laughs) you can do it." Yeah, except for years around Zach, never picked up Russian. Right? Did he speak in Russian a lot? Uh, He's very fluent in Russian. He's very fluent in six or seven languages, actually. Yeah, he's very fluent. But did he speak to you in Russian? Um, he sometimes. I mean, not, you know, I would mostly hear him speaking in Russian when he has one employee who is, who is Russian. And when he talked with his grandma. Gotcha. You know, because his grandma, <clears throat> as long as she's been here, she was an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Russian Jew, um, as long as she's been here, you know, her preference is still her first language. You it's know, easy. so, but what he does that is hilarious, and I watched a Trevor Noah comedy special where he talks about this, you know, because Zach, of course, is huge. He's, he's six foot five, 250 pounds, like 9% body fat. So, you know, he's big guy. And, um, to, it's not the language itself that's frightening. It's the accent. And he does, he can do the accent very, very well. Oh. So speaking in English in that Russian accent, it's just scary. They're very it sounds abrupt very, yes. and very forceful it in sounds, their language. Yeah. Whereas like what Trevor Noah said, as soon as Trevor on this comedy special, it was so funny. He's like, you know, when they're actually talking Russian, it just sounds like somebody messing up on the on the turntable, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that scary. It's right. when they speak in our language and in their in their accent that it does sound. Yeah, it mm-hmm. does. It sounds scary. You're like, eh, yeah, I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, And he does that really well. And, and um, you know, but he's he's, of course, very fluent in Russian, German, Spanish. Um, and I think it's one of those, like, I took French in junior high, seventh mm-hmm. and eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I took German through most of high school and into college. Mm-hmm. Couldn't speak. I, if you don't use it, I feel like it's definitely something yeah, that you, you lose. To, yeah, you have to use it. And so, yeah. And maybe that's where French could, because French is the language... Sorry, you guys weren't involved in the previous conversation. Um, French is the language that I am, that would benefit me most in mm-hmm. my current job. And I, I've thought about it. I actually just hired one of my old coworkers to work with me. And she's also a friend. Um, and she's like, we can do this together. She mm-hmm. comes from a, another country, Bulgaria. And so she already knows multiple languages. I was like, yeah, easy for you. Yeah. I know English. And then 
Southern Missouri English. That's it. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we're so strange in America because in some ways we're very egotistical, mm-hmm. very. And everybody should speak English and that's just how it is. But, you know, in other countries, the, those kids, they grow up with that, that advantage because they start learning. Like we don't really learn languages until high school. Right. And that doesn't make any sense because they've actually, studies have shown that a child can learn up to six languages all at the same time. So when Mm. they're just learning how to talk, they can learn how to speak six different languages at the same time. And so why aren't we doing that? Because that's really giving kids, you know, and of course I have kids that I've never really pushed them in languages. Um, Kenzie Kenzie can speak some Korean. She's very fascinated with that. And Spanish, of course, because of, of, you know, she's grown up in Colorado. So, um, but I never really push those languages. And we should be giving our kids those advantages Mm -hmm. because the fact is, is that the world is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Like you spoke about, you work for a global company. Of course, I don't. It's hard to have a hospital that's global, you know. But I can only imagine being here in Colorado, mm -hmm. how many languages are represented in in just your company? Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially, you know, and, and we have specialties, too. We have some international well-known specialty physicians that we have seen, like, you know, Ralph, you met Ralph. Mm-hmm. Ralph had a patient from uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, does not know Arabic, um, you know, a lot of Middle Eastern, Persian, Arabic, um, a lot of those languages, you know, a lot of Asian, a lot of Russian, because we have a very big Russian community, um, you know, a lot of uh, Latino languages. Mm-hmm. Filipino. Um, I mean, just, of course, yeah, there's tons represented. But also, we are just becoming, the world is becoming smaller, and we compete in a global economy, and we globalization. And to, you just, your kids have an advantage when they learn languages. But when they're learning languages in high school, it doesn't, become more innate like when they're learning as a child it's innate like zach he he thinks nothing of speaking six different languages because it was ingrained in him he learned languages as a kid right you know so um it, it, it that does make a difference and i think it, it, learning as a kid too you probably have more opportunity to learn the slang like you know if i write in spanish it looks very grammatically correct and everything you know you know, we had all this stuff about the Russians that had all the different memes and everything on Facebook. And I looked at these, you know, the news had them, they they placed some of those. And I'm reading them and I'm like, no, I would have never fell for those because they're way too grammatically correct ah. to be written by people right. in America on Facebook, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, you know, but... I, I just think that you give hey, kids get an advantage if they learn to speak languages early on. That that's very true. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening and you have young children, yeah, little ones, because I know I have a friend, a couple friends that like their first child, they they taught them sign language. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's something that's very common. But then the second and third children, they they're like, I got no time for this. Yeah. But to see a, a child be able to communicate in sign, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. What are they saying? Yeah. <laughs> and yes. um, I can only, yeah. 
missed yep. opportunities, parents, if you're not if you're not doing that. Yeah, it's always it's always good. If you, you know, want them course. to have a greater chance of supporting you when you're old and retired, <laughs> yeah, and unable to support yourself, maybe <laughs> start them young. Exactly. So it's actually a selfish reason. Mm-hmm. Um, we were going to talk about you had this great event that happened just a few days ago. Um, um, it's associated with TED Talks. A week it's ago, yeah. TEDx Mile High. Mm-hmm. And I saw you posting about it, and I, I didn't quite know what was going on. I'm just like, oh, okay. Um, what? I, I, if you haven't seen TED Talks, it's the op- it gives people the opportunity to see speakers on so many different topics. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're free, right? And if you haven't seen TED Talks, you need to go yes. watch TED Talks. Yeah. It's even an app. It's an app. Yeah. You don't even have to look up on YouTube. You can just have the TED Talks app and then Skip pull up a day all of the Netflix. Different, yeah, and pull up TED Talks. Yeah, Girl they're, the brain. they're inspirational. Some <laughs> yeah. are some are very inspirational. Some are talking about um, you know just advancements in science. And I mean, there's so many different business. Mm-hmm. You can get some great inspiration in, in business. Um, if you've never watched TED Talk, my recommendation is the very first person to watch is Sean Anker because he is hilarious and awesome. Um, he's Harvard educated and he does positive psychology, Ooh. focusing mainly on happiness. I like happiness. Happiness is lovely, isn't it? <laughs> so, so my kid, um, Kinsey, she is uh, in a choir. It used to be called 303. Now it's called a Vocal Coalition. Why the name change? Um, they used to be underneath. So Travis Brandon, who who is um, the leader of this of this choir, mm-hmm. um, the conductor of this choir, he was he quit working for Colorado Children's Choral, and so it used to be underneath oh. that. Well, now he's gone off to make it his own not for profit mm-hmm. um, with his partners and. Anyway, what they do, what Vocal Coalition does, is is phenomenal. Um, Travis's story is interesting because his first genre was always classical music. Okay. And he he was going to get everybody interested in listening to classical music. And so he started a blog, and he had his five readers. Uh-huh. And, if, you know, initially he's angry. Why, why aren't people getting into this? Why aren't people understanding this, liking this? Um, and then he started, you know what, maybe I should go listen to other people, you know, go listen to other genres. And so anyway, what he does with this choir is they perform with different local musicians of different genres. So he was asked to speak at TEDx Mile High, and he talked about, he talked about that. He talked about what this does. He all, but what he mainly was talking about is how music Music is a bridge. Music can bring people together, you know. And and he did talk about, you know, the different genres and how, you know, if I listen to the genres you like and you listen to the ones I like, you know, it's, it, it's bringing people together. And so he wove in, and I love that he did this, so he wove in the kids with three different local musicians with three different genres, Pink Hawks, which is kind of a um, 
very Latino sound. Okay. Very, very Spanish sound. Um, Trout Revival, which is gra- is uh, bluegrass. Mm-hmm. And The Reminders, which is hip-hop. The Reminders I absolutely love. I loved all of them. And so, anyway, because she was performing, for the first time, I went to this event. And Chris and Paul, uh, they came with me. And it was just absolutely amazing. It's a it's a full day of speakers. It's a full day of speakers. But, you know, there's vendors, and you can find out different information. And, you know, there's different events. Like you said when you were looking at the book, um, the books, I, I bought way too many books. <laughs> um, some that were by some of the speakers that spoke. And it was just, it's just inspiring. Mm-hmm. It's just inspiring. And it's inspiring the people that are there. That's the sad part. Is so many people probably need to listen to speakers like this, but they don't. Right. You know, so it's filled with the people who who just keep, you know, they're already, they already are in that kind of frame of mind. But um, it was just, it was incredible. And the vast, the vastness of the, of the speakers topics was just amazing. Um, Like one was, um, sounded very sci-fi. Uh, I want to find his name because I want to get his name right. So this sounded very sci-fi. It was, turns out it's not. <laughs> Were you disappointed? No, okay. no. It, it's it, it's absolutely amazing. So James Orsalek, I think, he's the director of business development at Planetary Resources. It's an asteroid mining company. And so, you know, he's talking about all this stuff like – manufacturing in space and mining asteroids and getting resources from space because you know at some point in by 2050 we're going to be 8 billion people on this planet wow. you and our resources are, are not limitless mm-hmm. you know and so the idea is is helping to preserve the earth and getting those resources from out in space well they're already starting this this isn't like some sci-fi thing that you're going to, you know, you just watch a movie about and think that would be cool. No, they are actually doing this, which was which was incredible. Um, they had another woman who is, um, they did have an architect, and she, I think the biggest takeaway for me was we're going to have a super train soon. A what? You know, is. A supersonic train, the train that, that goes like you. a million miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Doesn't the, that scare you? We no. have our current trains that wreck. And N- no, no. Okay. And they already have the start of this. And um, I didn't hear this in at TED at TEDx, but they already have. It's in the tunnel, and they already have a start of the super train in uh, Nevada. Okay. And yeah, imagine imagine what that would be like, where you could just go to. You know, Steve, let's go to dinner in L.A., mm-hmm. you know, and you can get on the – I mean, it's just – that's wow. absolutely incredible. They had another planner who is um, um, – she, Mara, Mara Mincer. She is a city planner in Boulder, but she – when she's planning uh, public space, you uh-huh. know, like parks, she uses kids for ideas. 
Oh, that's fun. The reason being is because as adults, we might think big fantastical ideas. Uh huh. You know, we might. Uh, there, there you go. You pulled her up. I I'm love trying. how you. I I'm love trying. how you're, you're having the visuals going on here too. I like to follow along with Jan, my Jan, 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 that's all. Cloud. She's all on top of this. <laughs> um, so she uses. So. We we might think of big fantastic ideas, which I do all the time. But then I have that adult realism that oh that would cost too much or that's mm-hmm. not realistic. Blah blah blah. Kids don't think like that. Kids think big. Right. Another piece about kids though is that kids plan for everybody. We have a tendency as adults to think everybody thinks like us, behaves like us, moves like us, wants to enjoy the same space just like us. But kids, they think in terms of the people in wheelchairs, they think of the homeless, they, they plan down to the insects, you know? Right. And so, I, and, and it was just, that was just incredible, I, it, truly incredible. Um, one of the organizers, one of the four organizers of the Women's March, Tamika Mallory, um, she was one of the speakers. She was, she was amazing. I mean, I knew about her. I did not know that she lost her husband to murder 16 years ago. Um, and she, she struck me because most of us would live with some degree of bitterness, anger, not forgiving. She recognized the socioeconomical factors that led up to that crime, you know, uh, in the first place. But she said something that was the biggest takeaway for me. Um, the last thing she said is, think about think about whether you're always showing up. Mm-hmm. Are you always showing up? What communities are you not showing up for? You know, and I just, I, I love that. I love that um, sticking with me. And then my absolute favorite speaker... Well, I, I, they were all my favorite speakers. <laughs> I was like, wait, you're able to nail that down? Yeah, there was, there was one who I, I need to find. I want to find his name because he was a story of redemption. He used to organize. Um, he, was a, he was a skinhead. What? Now he's a peace warrior, civil rights activist. And, and I did buy his book. So maybe next time I can tell you about his book because it sounds Christian Piccolini. Okay, peace yeah. advocate, yes. Yeah, peace advocate now, who was at one time a white supremacist skinhead. And then my one of my favorites, Paula Stone <laughs> Williams. She is a transgender woman. Okay. She's a reverend. Um, she was a transgender, much like uh, Caitlyn Jenner, later, yeah. later in life. Not as old as Caitlyn, but um, later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so was able to give a perspective that is unique to transgenders, very unique to transgenders, and maybe not even for Caitlyn Jenner, because Caitlyn Jenner has always been in the limelight, Bruce Jenner, and, you know, mm-hmm. so there's some reverence we have to celebrities, right, where there's there's a sense of entitlement celebrities enjoy anyway, mm-hmm. you know? So she was able to give that when she said, women, I am so sorry. I had no idea how much privilege uh, I had as a man. 
you know, uh-huh. no idea. And, you know, some of the things that she said were just funny, like, you know, what's with the pockets in women's jeans? Well, of course, these were men who decided, well, women don't need anything but lipstick. So, you know, that little pocket that still is in some, t- some women's jeans, yeah. nothing else, just that little pocket, that's for lipstick. Because, you know, we, oh. we don't need anything else. Um and, and, you know, most of us women know that, but she was, you know, she was able to talk about the mansplaining and everything. Um, she was always a reverend when she, um, when she transitioned, she got fired because, I don't know, that's some of my challenge with religions anyway, not just Christianity, a lot of religions. I think religions have, uh, you're supposed to be, uh, prescri- these aren't the speakers from that, Um the ones from the most recent aren't loaded up yet. Gotcha. But um, one of the challenges that I have with religions anyway uh, is you're kind of expected to live a prescribed life uh-huh. rather than an authentic life. Gotcha. You know, if, if that makes sense. And so, you know, she is a reverend. She is a reverend now at, um, does it say? Highlands, Highlands Church. Yep. Yeah. And she's funny. She she's very funny and anyway it was just I I encourage anybody to go to this if you and I'll need, I'll share the link with our yeah, show notes if you and, and they're they're held often they they this was the seventeenth one in nine years since their inception so three times a year is, is where they're about where they're at right now is three times a year they're so worth going to and you know like general admission tickets were what, maybe 40 bucks for an entire day With of all incredible, speakers? How many incredible people do you think events. were there? Um, it was sold out. It sold, they always sell out now. It was sold out for about three, four weeks before the event. Um, and Belco hold, holds about 5,000 people. Okay. So, um, yeah, it, it's incredibly inspiring. It will make you think differently about a lot of different topics. It will inspire you to want to look in more into different topics. Uh, you know, like one topic was about self-awareness and how we're kind of asking the wrong questions. She was interesting to me because she is an IO psychologist. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's what my my uh, second master's is in. Um, you know, so it, it gets you thinking differently. There's some entertainment. There's different vendors there. The people are incredible you know, it's it, it's just an absolutely amazing event. Anyway, they're having auditions in February. I think I'm going to uh, audition, and I I think that would be wonderful. Yeah, I I think I think I'll do that. So, and I have two different ideas of topics. So, how can we help you stay focused and actually audition? Because your life gets busy. Do we need to check in with you? <laughs> yeah, you can. You your can. friends and I. I'm, this is me t- calling to all of your other friends too. We can be like a a, a little. Come I, on, Carrie, I actually, do this. I I I have somebody who might push me anyway because I share. I think he should audition. Uh, a colleague of mine. He's an absolutely fantastic speaker, and I would like him to audition. And this is kind of the direction he wants to go in, mm-hmm. anyway. So it would be uh, incredible for him. And he's the kind that I say, "So, did you get your application in?" You know, those kinds gotcha. of things. What was funny though is I met with our career coach um, Monday. Okay. And I told her, you know, I told her about this, and I told her that I was going to audition, and she's like, "That's so good. I, you definitely need to do that." And you know, and I've known her before. I right. did career coaching with her, 
And she's like, what about Spark Talk? Would you audition for Spark Talk? And I'm like... What is that? "Um, Spark Talk is kind of our version of TED Talks at Children's. So once a month, we have these. Uh, Somebody speaks, and and uh, they're well attended. They're in our auditorium. And then we have backup flow, so we have to stream it, too, in in different conference rooms. Um, They're very well attended, very interesting topics that you apply to work, that you apply to children's, but in different ways. And so the career coach, she's like, yes, you should audition for Spark Talk. And, you know, other people have told me I should audition for Spark Talk. Funny how just it took somebody else in in HR saying that to kind of validate me. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, yeah, it'd be interesting. So she went so far as to, you know, she emailed the person organizing this. You know, Lizzie, can you can you fit in Carrie? I think she would be great. She, I really want her to audition. And Lizzie's like, yes, absolutely. We can fit her in. You know, the application is closed. But yes, we will fit her in. And during this whole time. So this meeting is on Monday, right? Uh-huh. Monday afternoon. And so... The whole time, I never even thought about, you know, like I saw on the internet that the auditions were coming up, but I never knew the date, when right. are they happening. So then she, she calls me after we met. We met for an hour longer than our, we had scheduled. And she calls me, and she said, so, so they'll fit you in? They definitely want you to audition. And then I asked, when is it? Tomorrow. Oh, dear goodness. Tuesday. It was Tuesday. This was Monday <sighs> afternoon. It was Tuesday. So I... I I'm thinking, do I have a talk? I mean, I have talks, of course, but none that really apply to the whole to the whole organization. And, you know, I want that wow factor right. because these are people you pass by in the hallway every single day. Every single day, yeah. <coughs> and so I had to I had to thank her and turn it down. Oh there's, when is the next one? No, they only we only audition once a year. Oh. These audition three times a year. So but yeah. So next year, we're going to help you build one for next year, maybe using the TEDx Mile High. Yeah, depending on which topic I go with. So, you're kind of going so, backwards. You're, you're auditioning yeah. for big. Except that's less terrifying because it's more we anonymous. Yeah. And truthfully, the bigger the crowd, the better off I am. Mm-hmm. Like, I've given talks at work where they're so, that you know, maybe only 10 people come. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. <laughs> I like it when it's bigger because then it feels more anonymous than than with yeah I, I and I don't fear public speaking I know that's like I don't know first or second most biggest fear for most people I think it is the biggest fear yeah yeah above dying I mean most people would rather die right like be hit by an asteroid than and then. Because you don't have to deal with the after effects of, of that. Exa- if exactly. If you make an ass of yourself in front of people while you're speaking, exactly, it could be years. Yeah, and for <laughs> me, it's for me, it's energizing. It's truly, truly energizing. So, um, yeah. So, as I said, I'm I'm thinking of two different topics to audition, and um, I'm excited to see where that lands. You'll have to keep yeah. keep us posted. Yes. Yeah, I will definitely. All right, well, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll um, have some more Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine. Okay. Okay, my whole life revolves around my Fitbit. <laughs> we can think, talk about that. I think so many people can relate to I that. I know, we can talk about that, because people well, can let's relate talk. to that. We're going. All right. Oh, so we're on? I, we are. <laughs> We've been on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you didn't even warn me that we're back. Because <laughs> usually you say, and we're back. But you start talking, like, yeah. Well, I was like, are you ready? And you... Looked at your, and oh. yes. 
So you have the Fitbit. I do. Which one? The char- the HR charge. Okay. I don't know. And then I I have the Fitbit Blaze. I had the charge the HR charge prior. Mm-hmm. And so I've been a Fitbitter. Fitbitter. A Fitbitter for about two and a half two years probably. Mm-hmm. Two yeah two years. Um, how how long have you been a Fitbit? I just bought it on October nineteenth. I know because I can look that up on mm-hmm. Fitbit. Um, I just got it, and you know, I honestly believe that the only way to get me to move more would have been to move the refrigerator further. <laughs> but it turns out that the Fitbit does actually make me move more because it vibrates. It's like you you have no. I have steps. the I have the vibrating turned off except oh well except for when it tells me when I get to my goal. Right, you and know, then it goes I like, like all I know because like, I like the little I like the little fireworks and everything. I'm so excited about those. I always stop and look, you know. <laughs> right. Um, so it has definitely made me move more because you know the first couple of days I did just the kind of baseline, uh-huh. see where I'm at. Maybe maybe four thousand steps a day. Maybe yeah, that's how I am at work, especially. Because I can't move. Like I'm working. I can't and this move. Is, and this was just walking to and from my car right. because my car is parked far. You know, that was pretty much it. And so um, now, right now, my goal is 15,000 steps a day. And I average about 20,000 steps a day. Holy cow. How? But I revolve my entire life around my Fitbit. So, you know, of course, I get up every hour and I, I take a walk. I'm, I know all the basement walkers at work now, which okay. is only slightly cooler than knowing all the mall walkers. <clears throat> are there a lot of basement walkers? Yeah. So these are people that get up and they walk the basement. Yes. How, how big of a walk is that? Um, we're a very big facility. Okay. <laughs> so, so how many steps do you get in going around once? If I go, if I walk just around the lab, you know, if I if I just take the steps around the lab, I'll get those 250 steps in. Okay. You know, but if I do the whole basement, I'll get, you know, uh, closer to 800 steps. And there's about 2,000 steps in a mile, from what I've heard. Although my Fitbit seems to think it's more like 2,500 steps for a mile. Maybe your steps are smaller. I might not have ever set my steps. So that I don't know might how be, to set steps. So that might have been that might have been the issue, because there are some things that don't always line up. Like like if I if I don't have it connected to Apple Health, mm-hmm. then if I have it connected to Apple Health, then Apple Health just assumes the Fitbit knows what the hell it's talking about and goes with that. Right. But if I if my step gate is apparently different to Apple, but at the the bottom line is it does make me move more. It does. That's the whole thing. It does make me move more. I'm I'm getting about. Um, Do you have challenges and stuff that you get invited to? I haven't yet, but we have Vitality at work too, what and is that? so. Um, Sorry, Vitality. We get a discount on our insurance. Um, our insurance premiums. If we get so many points in vitality, part of it is wellness, you know, like mm-hmm. working out, taking the different challenges, uh, doing the different online lectures and tests and um, goals, meeting your goals, stuff like that. And then, of course, our, our biometric screening that we do each year. And then we get a discount on our insurance. But it's also a good way to, um, you know, keep track of your goals or or to connect with other people. I mean, anybody can join Vitality. It's just what we have. It's what we utilize to keep track of all those things. Do you um, use the Fitbit app? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have everything connected. So I have Fitbit connected to Apple Health and everything connected to my Fitness Pal. 
and then um and then it's all connected do you track your food regularly vitality. on the my fitness I, I i do because it does actually make me eat less and you know after i was i i don't know if it was being in school or if it was just the fact that i was raped but i did put on some weight i don't know how much i don't weigh myself but you know my clothes were really snug i wasn't feeling so good you know and then i was so busy with school that it was easy to talk myself out of working out mm-hmm. even though i know full well that if i work out I'm much more productive anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like it gets my head centered and not so scatterbrained. Um, going off in all different directions. Focus, that's what it gives me. <laughs> I did work out this morning. You'd think I'd be more focused to, you did? to come up with oh, that. Oh, I slept in. Yeah, I, I, I did. Um, I, I, don't like, I don't like not at least meeting my steps goal every single day what's your step goal Fifteen thousand steps a day i average about twenty thousand steps a day wow see mine's at 10 and i want to say i i never i'm probably one day a week i'll hit that i have the i have a challenge i have a challenge meeting the fifteen thousand if i don't actually work out Mm-hmm. Then I have a challenge. I also get kind of irritated. Like it will count the calories and stuff. Like you know, if I put it on weights, like let's say I'm weight training, but I'm annoyed because then it doesn't. I have less steps, right? You know, because <laughs> you're not right. stepping so much when you're lifting weights. Um, but I, I, I generally walk into work if I work out in the morning, which I do on most days. I walk into work with at least ten thousand steps. Very cool. Yeah. I should, we should connect on the Fitbit app and I should invite you to these challenges. My coworkers and people mm-hmm. outside of my work also are on these challenges because there are some people that are getting like 15, 20,000 steps mm-hmm. a day. And I'm just like, it's demotivating for me because I'm like, you know, in order to be productive at my job, I can't compete with you today. So mm-hmm. bleh, stick my tongue out at you. Move I, on. I was having some challenges with making myself get up every hour. I was having some challenges oh, with yeah. that because I'm like, I'm busy. But, you know, the truth is, is that by doing that, I have actually become more productive at work because it's letting me step away for a minute. Mm-hmm. And there's all those thinking, the thinking that goes on in your head when you don't realize you're thinking. Right. You know, so. Um, that I, makes sense. I would actually recommend people doing that. Get up, get up, go walk for three minutes. Right. I mean, there's sometimes I am really busy. That, that's literally, I want to go get my 250 steps. So I have the little dot come up that, you know, because right now I have the, I miss my 11 o'clock. So is it sending you like mean messages? Like No, I just. Lazy bum? Um, I, for some reason, it's locked me out. Of what? Of my Fitbit. Uh-oh. I don't know what happened. That happens to me sometimes. Yep. Maybe it was updating, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But like we get all these like I got invited to the a trail, mm-hmm. Pahono Trail, mm-hmm. and it'll track who finishes first and and how many yeah. yeah, who goes beyond. It's a great thing. I I have now in the work week hustle with several people that I know and it's just like I'm always very last always very last we have we have some of those interesting um cultural things at work too where they try and encourage us you got a meeting with one person walk it yeah walk the meeting yeah those kinds of things we've had that Mm -hmm. too but i have not participated in a walking meeting yet yeah i like them yeah we have a great we have a hill from our entrance to our office building to the front door Mm mm-hmm 
or to the back door. It's if you go down and back, it's a mile. Mm-hmm. And therefore, while I was walking that at lunch, but now it's getting colder. But we have a, a workout facility right down in the basement, so I just need to step away from work. Yeah. But I find that I think the thing that frustrates me the most is if I make myself step away for that you know hour to do a workout. I find that I'm staying at work an extra hour mm-hmm. because I can't, I'm like, well, I worked out, so I need to stay until 6, 6.30. And it's silly. It's a mental thing. Work is not – I don't save lives. Mm-hmm. People in your <laughs> building do. I don't. It'll and be even, there they, even they go home. That's and the even th- they go home. That's the whole thing. Yeah. You know, when you get to a place where you realize, yeah, I'm never actually going to be caught up. Right. This is This is the status quo. So – so in a sense, you are caught up because you're you just never your, going to actually do. Be, yeah, exactly. Yes. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, lots of tangents today, which is good. We're having good productive talks. Um, That's what happens when I'm not on for whatever it was, six months. Five months. Five yeah. Months. Um, so you've taken some time off school since October. Have you been doing any fun reading? Yeah, lots of reading. So what, what are you reading right now? Um, I told I told you on the break that I read uh, Be Fierce, Gretchen Carlson, mm-hmm. on sexual harassment. I read, uh, um, I recently read Washington's Farewell, which was interesting about our very first president. Um, very, he wasn't a great orator, so it wasn't like an ending speech. It, he wrote it, he wrote this like 4,000 word letter. Okay. That was published in the big newspaper of the time, and it was, it, it the book is interesting. Um, there's some things that I did not know about Washington, which is surprising because I love history. I I think I love further back history mm-hmm. more anthropologically, um, but I didn't know this. Like I've always been a registered independent. I don't agree with party loyalty at all. I agree with issues. He was very anti-party, and okay. I think a lot of people do not know that, but he was very anti-party. And what was interesting in the book is he said, what is going to be the demise of our republic is going to be hyper-partisanship, excessive debt, and um, involvement in international wars. Mm. So I would think there's the trifecta. We have that trifecta, and so we might be on our last legs. But that was that was interesting. I haven't read a great deal of uh, fiction. I've done a lot of binge-watching TV. What you watching? Well, you know, when Netflix first came out, when the whole idea of <laughs> streaming, I really thought this should be for Will and Grace, because that was like one of my favorite shows of all time. Well, finally... Because they have the new Will and Grace. So finally on Xfinity, they had uh-huh. every single episode of Yay! Will and Grace. So that took me a while to get through. So I watched that. I just got into um, How to Get Away with Murder. Okay. Have you watched that? I start. I tried when it first started, but I... I Same couldn't. here. The first episode I watched, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not that into this. Or maybe something just sounded better. And so I went back to... Watch. It's good. It's good. These are some seriously fucked up people, but it's good. <laughs> um, so that was interesting. I watched... Um, I've watched some documentaries that are really good. Have you been watching Young Sheldon? 
Yeah, I love Young Sheldon. Because we, we share that love for Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I love Young Sheldon. The kid who plays him is adorable. Adorable. And I like that it's narrated by um, the real uh, Sheldon. Jim Parsons. Yes. Um, yeah, so I've I've watched that. I watched Dear White pa- White People. That was interesting. What is that about? Um, it's it's fictional, but there's a lot of true elements to it, and mm-hmm. it takes place. What's interesting is it does take place. It takes place at a very liberal college, and to even see those biases in a liberal college mm-hmm. is is very interesting. Um, and and to watch that there's not even always agreement within within the groups you know so so it's it's well worth watching it does make you face some of your own realities it makes you face some of your own biases where you can say things like you know you can think i might have said something like that before you know Mm -hmm. so it, it does make you it does make you think um and uh oh designated survivor i love that show what is that about? Um, it w- it's with Kiefer Sutherland. Okay, it's my favorite role ever. That Kiefer S- and I love Kiefer Sutherland. Did you watch a great deal? Twenty four. No, and I have. Was that the show he was on that everyone loved? I think so. In touch with the autistic child, uh-huh. and that's one that's in my queue. I just haven't watched it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's the president by default because he's the designated survivor and he was oh, like okay. uh, he was like the um hud guy you oh, know okay and and then he becomes the president by default and you know of course i love him because he's he's an independent you know which like the actual Kiefer is an independent or his, his character is his an character is okay. an independent right. sorry i wonder if he is too you know, I I don't know. I'm I'm fascinated when I meet other independents. You know, people who are not so party loyal but are independent, because um, it doesn't mean you're voting for the independent candidate. It means that you just want to focus more on what the issues are. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very good in that role. You know, and I just love Kiefer Sutherland anyway. You know, so there's a lot of action, a lot of drama. I have not gotten into This Is Us this season. I just haven't started it this season. I it got too. I. Maybe I, I like to avoid emotional things, mm-hmm. and I got really emotional last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to stop recording it on the DVR, but I didn't, and I got back into it a little bit this year, but I'm behind. Yeah, because, I'm, I haven't watched. I yeah. love the show. Mm-hmm. I just haven't I just haven't sat down and watched it, you know, because when it came back on, I was busy. I was way involved in Will and Grace. Right. Because I was all about Will and Grace. Um did, so, yeah, I've done some binge watching, but, you, you know, of, I mix in some documentaries, too, because, you know, there's got to be some learning right. going on. Have you watched Bull? No, but I like his character a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I like it. Really I like him. like it. Yeah, I liked his character a great deal on NCIS, right? Totally different world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, forget his real name. But, uh, yes, we, we love Bull. It is a really good television show. Yeah. It's on CBS. Always makes me wonder, you know, the the Michael Weatherly, yeah, making. I I've always been curious about it because I'm always curious about the idea of the science of juries. I don't know, you know, it's It's, like when I watch How to Get Away with Murder too. I'm like, so we really don't have a justice system in the sense, I mean, we don't have a fair justice system right at all because like in how to get away with murder annalise that's the main character she's a very very expensive defense attorney Mm -hmm. a very expensive one and and you know 
And I, I feel fortunate in the fact, you know, like with the public defenders, like the, the guys who raped me went to jail because, and it went very quickly because they had public defenders, mm-hmm. which they might have five, 600 cases at a time. So right. they're not spending a great deal on any one case. But it does, it does make you think about those socioeconomical issues that, you know, like I'm, I'm poor, if I ever got charged with a crime that I didn't commit, I'm fucked. And that's why, you know, <laughs> you know, poor people used to be the used to be back in the day, um, kind of the the more salt of the earth because mm-hmm. you know they wanted to keep out of trouble. They wanted to do as well as they could. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it seems but that's like not it's all, that's not always the case. I don't think that's. A, I think there's always been a part of desperation in in always poor. Yeah, I think there has always been a desperation because I think there's a lot of poor people that are maybe I think there's a lot of poor people that are serving time in prison that maybe shouldn't be in prison. You know, and maybe there is desperation, you know, if they're violent crimes then yes, absolutely mm, they yes. should be in prison. But I I think um there's there are a lot of poor people that especially a lot of women who have gone to prison because they were desperate and they needed to feed their children. Right. You know, and so like prostitutes are are, are a good example or selling drugs or whatever. And so a lot of times they're doing it just out of desperation to be able to feed their kids. And sometimes they have jobs, but they don't have well-paying jobs that make it so that they can pay for daycare and and food and all those different things. So, um, yeah. So when I when I look at these different things, you know, of course these are entertainment, but it, it does it does speak a little bit to our culture of how much justice do we really have? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I've talked a lot lately about the fact that if I had to be raped, I'm glad they were poor. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I'd have been raped by somebody wealthy, right, I'd have been painted out to be a gold digging slut, and I would never saw justice, you know. So, so I, it, it does make you think about. I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. It, it's interesting. But then, of course, if I were if I were accused of a crime I didn't commit, of course I want a defense attorney that's going to do a very good job, you know. So I, I, it, it's interesting, though. It is. is. And I've watched some documentaries. You know, like I said, I'm trying to put some documentaries in there, too, mm-hmm. so that I'm not just turning my brain into silly putty right. watching entertainment. So, Yes, which mm-hmm. I, I tend to do to escape the reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Carrie McLeod, it has been amazing to have you on this podcast. I did all the talking, too. That is what it is. I'm here every time we have a podcast. I almost said every week, but that's a lie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Slacker! (laughs) Um, So that's why I love that, you know, guests come and share their world. It helps me think beyond myself. And hopefully our listeners Mm -hmm. feel the same way. Good. Yeah. Well, everyone listening, thank you so much. And we'll be back um, hopefully with another podcast very soon. No promises (laughs) about when that will happen. (laughs) Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. You found us once, but can you find us again? Make sure and check out our website at twogirlsandabottleofwine.com. You can listen to us on Podbean, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher. All of our links can be found on Tumblr and Blogspot. 
Thanks, and we'll see you again soon.